Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Beat School. I'm your host, Kia Orion. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I'm the man who is obsessed with making dope music and teaching you how to make your own. This is the podcast where we break down everything from beats to uh, mixing vocals to recording vocals to writing songs that just goes into overall artistry when it comes to making hip-hop music. I've been in the game for over 10 plus years and now I answer your questions. I drop gems on y'all. Um, I've made all the mistakes in the book and so after making all those mistakes, I try to help you guys on your own journey so that way you don't have to make the same ones. This episode is sponsored by my free producer training, which you can find at Beat schooltraining.com or if you want to you can go directly to my website which is kiaorion.com slash resources and you'll find all of my training videos there i just put together this four-part series which is all of the stuff that i wish i'd known about production when i first started and i narrow it down into four videos for y'all but this isn't about the producer training this is about helping y'all level up so in this episode it's going to be another Q&A episode where I pretty much field some of your questions and do my best to answer those uh, I also want to just make it clear that I'm not the world's most renowned expert on any of this shit this is just your boy's two cents so take it or leave it this is 10 years in the game me dropping some knowledge on you uh, just from my own experience so don't hate the player hate the game all right this first one is by Golf Wang, Golf Wang Over. It's not about your follower count. You say, it's an artist I, an artist I follow um, recently made an Instagram post about how it's not about the members, the numbers or amount of followers you have, but about people who really support you. I find this hard to believe because if you don't have a decent amount of followers and seek out your release, how can you build a following or buy promo for sponsored posts? Very strange. And I also think kind of a little bit of a limited mindset, I'm going to be honest. Um... They say you only need 1,000 true followers. So when he says it's not about your follower count or she, whoever it is that you're talking about, they're actually right um, because you only need 1,000. If you imagine um, a, a dedicated fan or follower of yours to spends $100 on you every year with 1,000 fans, you're making a decent income. I think fans can also be fickle when it comes to quote-unquote followers. So this can sometimes be like uh, you know, someone drops a tape and they get all the buzz, and they get popping, and then they go a different direction, and everybody's like, oh man, this is whack, etc. Like, there isn't always a lot of room for artists to be creative, I think, in this day and age of followers and stuff. So, um, when it comes to having someone, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later with one of these uh, other questions, when it comes to growing a fan base, you really want to do it hand-to-hand, be in the DMs, connect with your audience, really build that relationship so that way you have the freedom to build, create, do whatever you want to do, and they're going to stick with you through it. So it isn't really about the follower count because there are a lot of people with tons of followers who ain't making shit, and that's facts. Okay, this one is by the Irish Fellow, royalties on a beat lease. Hey guys, looks like I'm about to lease my first beat, and I'm wondering what the typical percentage of royalties I would ask for on a beat lease. Would it still be 50%? So here's the thing, Irish fellow. Um, I think this one's a tough one because it depends on the artist, and it depends on it depends on a lot of things. I think 50-50 is a good split for your first lease. I Also, what I would recommend is um, using something like BeatStars because they give you pretty much a contract that is already pre-created for every single beat that you make. So that way when someone buys a beat from you, they the leases, everything is uh, like the percentages are already split um, in the contract. It also depends on 
uh, what the type of beat lease is. And there may be some where you give away a higher percentage or a lower percentage. Like this one I think is tough and you don't have to drop a contract for every single beat um, that you make or that you try to lease. So I highly recommend using something like a beat stars uh, in terms of your overall game when it comes to um, leasing beats. Just Cause I think it's easier a lot of that that kind of like behind the scenes paperwork stuff is already handled. This can talking about business before you guys do anything creative can just kind of be a pain in the ass. So that's my take on it. Is like obviously this is really important stuff. Don't ignore the business, but um, use use one of the beat selling sites just to make this stuff easier. That'd be my two cents. All right, this one is by eighty ten music. Starting from scratch, how do you gain real fans that follow your journey? So eighty ten, this is the one that I was talking about before. Um, I think this is a really good question and something um, that not a lot of people do enough of. So you have a really long question, but pretty much what you say is, um, "I want to spread positivity, good vibes, I value mental health, et cetera, et cetera." I'm a philosophical person. So when it, so eighty ten, what I would say is. You got to do you, man. Um, there will be people who will be put off by your philosophy stuff. There will be people who don't like um, the fact that you're into mental health. They'll think what a lot of you do is corny. But if you stay true to yourself, the people, if you are, if you can double down on your true voice, you'll attract your tribe. So your vibe attracts your tribe, as they say. And so I think for me, there's a lot of shit that I do that people think is super corny, and I don't blame them. I'm, I know a lot of stuff I do is corny, but I think there's also a demographic of people that also like the stuff that I make. So I used to make, I used to try to be cooler. I used to try a lot more to make songs that were catchy, to make songs that I thought were cool, to look cooler in my pictures, like doing everything that I thought that you were supposed to do as an artist. And along the way, kind of lost myself in the process. These days, like I'm a I'm uh, an emotional dude and I'm a sentimental dude. So a lot of my songs are love songs. I don't run away from that. I don't try to be hard anymore. Like I'm also uh, a dude who's really inspired and motivated just by life. So I put out a lot more content that is less like, yo, I'm so cool and more like, dude, I'm hyped today. I'm working on a business. I'm working on a song like one life to live. Let's get it. Like just very much, um, in tune more these days with who I am. And I think the fans are the people that dig that really ride for, they really ride for the message and more for you more than just your art. So think about this um, in terms of allow people more access points to you more than just your art, meaning they have to have something to connect with on a human level. So the more that you can, I think, incorporate your messaging around who you are and what you really believe in, people will gravitate towards that. So I hope that that helps. Okay. Yo, bro, this one, bro, this one, this one's by Wolact. Rappers that never pay. Who you telling? Who you telling? Rappers that never pay. There's a reason I don't sell my beats anymore because rappers stop paying. Rappers are divas. Rappers never pay. Rappers are always want a lot for what you actually get. If there, if it was somebody, if it was someone I really believed in, I'd be happy to make beats for him. But I'm just got tired. I just got tired of every 18-year-old rapper who works at McDonald's and is gonna promises they're the best thing on since sliced bread. I'm like, dude, maybe, but your boy still got to eat too, you feel me? So I'm going to need that bread. I'm going to need that sliced bread in my hand before I give you any beats. Um, I just got tired of working with rappers. They're a lot. Rapper, just, they're just a lot. 
it's, it's, it's just a lot. Rappers are a lot. Tired of working with them. Rappers that never pay. Sell your beats to creators. License them for commercials. License them to YouTubers. Um, license them to sound libraries and make a lot more money. Okay. This one's by Jessica Dio. The YouTube thing isn't working for me. What else can I do to get my beats out my niche? Feeling discouraged today. I need a different strategy. I don't want to solely focus on this route. I don't blame you. So, Jessica Dio. Um, I would say... Go check out a dude named Legion Beats and Legion Gabe. Um, they have this really dope process on how you can um, build around your brand more than just the beats. Because if you think about beats, rappers also need someone to maybe mix the vocals. Maybe they need someone to master the vocals. Um, maybe they need help with distribution, marketing, etc. There's a lot of ways that you can make money online with your music. Um, and with your beats that might be outside of just the YouTube hustle. So go check that out. It's too long for me to get into on this podcast, but go check out Legion Gabe, Legion Beats. They got a lot of really cool ideas based around um, other ways that you can sell beats more than just the YouTube hustle. Um, at the same time, if you want to get out your niche and you don't want to focus on YouTube, um, I think a good way to do this is to collaborate with other producers. That's kind of a cool way. And then also, excuse me, um, Hustle your beats to people that are more than just rappers, like I just said. So that's a big thing that I did was connecting with other people that I believe in. A lot of people need music um, more than just rappers. You know, everybody who wants to be a content creator needs music. So think about that. Okay, keeping it pushing, keeping it pushing. This one is by JC Simba. Producers stealing from or copying other producers. Uh, your question's really long, but you said, um. I purchased a beat over a month ago. After searching for more tracks, I came across two other tracks that sound extremely similar to the beat I purchased. I don't know if anyone stole anything, but if they had extremely similar ideas, but all of these three beats sound like they took the same bass and then made a few changes. So Simba, here's the deal with the beats. If you're a rapper, a lot of us producers are using the same sound libraries. So a lot of people might be using stuff from Splice or the same samples, whatever, and then flipping that um, and then adding their own their own swag to it. So probably not stealing, maybe copying, but chances are they used one of the same samples. So, I mean, how many times have like Al Green samples been flipped or like the Otis Redding samples? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you go through J. Cole's discography, a lot of he's used a lot of samples that other people have used. Like, there's just there's only so much out there that people find inspiring and people kind of double down on the vibe that they like. In terms of um, them actually copying, unless it's identical, they probably just flipped the same sample. That would be my guess. Here's the thing. Just be doper. You just be doper, man. Whether people are using the same beat or not. Just make the hottest track out there on that beat. That's the way that you can do it. Stop worrying about if they're copying or stealing from you. Focus on yourself. Focus on your craft. Just make the dopest shit to that track, and then you don't even have to worry about it. Um, here's one I liked. Fastest way to learn music theory. I'm making beats for a few years. I've been touring with the keyboard. It takes a while. Looking for a fast way to learn music theory. Music theory is tough, and it's not going to just – you aren't just going to cruise through it, but um, – there are definitely some resources out there in terms of different programs. I can't remember them off top, but just search for different, like, um, search for different, Google some stuff. There's definitely some shit out there that I've found before that are programs that kind of help you get, like, a, a rudimentary base. And this is something as well, if you want to, um, there are some YouTube videos that I've seen that, like, really condense it pretty quickly. But 
this is something, if you want to learn music theory, you really got to go for it. Or what you could do, what I recommend doing is getting one of those MIDI chord packs and then um, uh, just using a lot of different chords and stuff from those packages because unless you really love making melodies or love music theory, you have other people that, that really like nerding out on that and can handle that part of the beat for you. Okay, this one's by Seporia. Approaching a big, I'm sorry y'all with these names, but y'all be choosing the weirdest shit. Approaching a bigger artist. I have a small following on SoundCloud, about 150 followers. I found an artist who makes similar music to me, and I want to collab, but he has 5,000. What do you guys think? It couldn't hurt to ask, right? Yo, Asperia. Um, I would, a thousand percent, man. Listen, you start, everybody got to start somewhere. Slide in the DM. Tell him or her, yo, I love your shit. I'd love to work together someday. I've only got 150 followers right now, but um, I hear some of my music. So here's the thing. A lot of times if you're getting rejected, it might be less about your followers and maybe more about your music. If you're trash, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Well, I, it does, but um, if you're trash, they're not going to work, run to work with you really that much either way. But having more attention obviously is good leverage. It doesn't hurt to ask though um, because maybe they just really like your vibe and you never know. I, I've sent out beats to ASAP Rocky's manager, to ASAP First manager, never heard back from anybody. I've sent out a ton of beats to major label peeps, sent out emails, but like, even though I've never heard back, I think it'll be dope someday when the shit actually blows up to be like, yo, I sent you beats, check your email. You've got some beats from me from five years ago. Um, so always, anytime you want to work with someone or, or want to send good energy, never hurts to slide in the DM. Let someone know. You never get the flowers when you can still smell them. All right, I got a few questions left. Does how can I make my vocals fit better in a song? This one's by Courage Smart. On headphones, my vocals sound all right, but then on speakers, they sound flat. What kind of techniques can I use to make this happen? Um, what kind of techniques can I use to not make this happen? So this is tough because if you're gonna make, I've talked about this before. If you're gonna mix for headphones, it can be different than if you're mixing for a car, which could be different than if you're mixing for like the club, um, which is different than if you're mixing for. I, you know, the speaker on your iPhone, like you kind of got to choose one or two and stick to them. Um, vocal mixing is a tough one. I highly recommend uh, Vocal Glaze, which is a program one of my good homies put together. It's a really dope and it's all about mixing vocals because vocals fitting in a song is a bit of a strange science. There's no direct answer to this without me being able to hear it. I would say, at least at the beginning, when you're starting out, choose a reference track for vocals that you really love and then try to mix the vocals exactly like that reference track that you found. Um, and pick one. Pick headphones, pick car, pick something like that. All right, uh, last few. This one's by Coke Buddy. Interesting. Does anyone know about the Shure SM57? I'm looking into a Bluebird or SM50. Oops, sorry, SM57, SM7B, or an SM7B. Which one is better for recording vocals? Anyone know about the Shure? Anything in that price range? Highly recommend the SM7B. This is one I think a lot of people also use for podcasting. This is also a great mic for untreated rooms, and a lot of us are trapping out the bedroom. So, blue, uh, a lot of blue stuff. I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, I would say the Shure SM7B would probably be my my recommendation. That's actually one I've been recording off of a trash mic, USB mic for a minute, and that might be one that actually I'm kind of headed in that direction as well. I think a lot of I think Black Bears use some of that. I think um, who what's that other crew? Maybe somebody mentioned in here. I can't remember, but that group big group Brockhampton. I think Brockhampton recorded on SM7B, so um, they're not bad. All right, I need to keep it moving. 
um, because we're running out of time. This one is by Resu Titter. Question about audio interfaces. Looking to upgrade my music. Do I need an interface? Is it good and are they necessary? No, they are not necessary. They are helpful if you want to plug in a nice mic because a nice mic will need that um, small audio interface or something like that, but it is not necessary by any means. Um, I'm going to wrap it there because we're running out of time. Thank you again for tuning in. If you made it this far, you a real one. It's your boy, Kia Orion. Slide in the DM at Kia Orion or Kia at KiaOrion.com. Send me your questions. would love to answer them on the next episode. Again, BeatSchoolTraining.com for your four-part training. Thanks for tuning in. As always, check in the next one. Peace.